The House will come back today and stay in session through Thursday. The Senate will come back Tuesday and stay in session through Thursday. Last week in the House, the House came back on Tuesday and passed three bills under suspension of the rules. On Wednesday, the House voted to pass H.R.E.S. 456, the rule governing floor consideration of H.R. 3746, the Biden-McCarthy debt ceiling deal, also called the Fiscal Responsibility Act. The rule vote was 241 to 187, with 29 Republicans taking the extraordinary step of voting against the rule. Then the House took up and passed a bill under suspension of the rules. And then the House took up and passed H.R. 3746, the Biden-McCarthy debt ceiling deal, about which we will speak more in a moment. The bill passed by a vote of 314 to 117, with 149 Republicans voting in favor and 71 Republicans voting against, and 165 Democrats voting in favor and 46 voting against. Then the House took up and passed another bill under suspension of the rules, and then they were done. This week in the House, the House will return today with the first vote set for 6.30 p.m. At that time, the House is scheduled to take up eight bills under suspension of the rules. On Tuesday, the House will take up H.R. 1615, the Gas Stove Protection and Freedom Act. This bill would prevent the Consumer Product Safety Commission from using federal funds, one, to regulate gas stoves as a banned hazardous product, or two, issue or enforce a product safety standard that prohibits the use or sale of gas stoves or substantially increases their price. On Wednesday, the House will take up H.R. 1640, the Save Our Gas Stoves Act. That's a bill that would prohibit the Secretary of Energy from finalizing, implementing, or enforcing the proposed rule titled Energy Conservation Program, Energy Conservation Standards for Consumer Conventional Cooking Products. The House will also consider H.R. 288, the Separation of Powers Restoration Act of 2023, a bill that would modify the scope of judicial review of agency actions to authorize courts reviewing agency actions to decide de novo, that is, without giving deference to the agency's interpretation, all relevant questions of law. On Thursday, the House will take up H.R. 277, the RAINS Act of 2023. This bill would mandate that a major rule may only take effect if Congress approves it and defines a major rule as a rule that has resulted in or is likely to result in 1. An annual effect on the economy of $100 million or more. 2. A major increase in costs or prices for consumers, individual industries, government agencies, or geographic regions, or three, significant adverse effects on competition, employment, investment, productivity, innovation, or the ability of U.S.-based enterprises to compete with foreign-based enterprises. Last week in the Senate, the Senate came back to work on Tuesday and voted to confirm Daryl James Papillon to be a U.S. District Judge for the Eastern District of Louisiana. On Wednesday, the Senate agreed to proceed to H.J. Res. 45, a Congressional Review Act resolution of disapproval of the rules submitted by the Department of Education relating to waivers and modifications of federal student loans, otherwise known as President Biden's unconstitutional student loan debt bailout scam. On Thursday, by a bipartisan vote of 52 to 46, the Senate passed that joint resolution. Democrats Joe Manchin of West Virginia and John Tester of Montana 
and independent Kirsten Cinema of Arizona crossed party lines to vote with Republicans to pass the resolution overturning Biden's student loan debt bailout scam. In doing so, a bipartisan majority in the Senate joined with a bipartisan majority in the House to reject the Biden bailout scam. Then, in a kabuki theater exercise, the Senate brought up amendments to H.R. 3746. For the next three hours, the Senate considered ten amendments. Each amendment was offered for no reason other than to satisfy the whim of some senator or other, because leadership of both parties had already determined there wasn't enough time to actually consider amendments. If a single one had passed and had altered the underlying resolution, the amended bill would have had to be sent back to the House for consideration, and they just didn't have time for that. So ten amendments were offered and voted on and defeated. Then the Senate voted on H.R. 3746 as unamended, and the bill passed by a vote of 63 to 36, with 17 Republicans voting in favor and five Democrats voting against. And then they were done. This week in the Senate, they'll return Tuesday with the first vote set for 5.30 p.m. At that time, the Senate will proceed to a roll call vote on cloture on the nomination of David Crane to be Undersecretary at the Department of Energy. Then, based on the majority leader's cloture filings, I anticipate we'll see votes on the nominations of Dale E. Ho to be a U.S. District Judge for the Southern District of New York, and Delaware Syed to be Deputy Administration of the Small Business Administration. In addition, we may see action on legislation dealing with competition with China, artificial intelligence, prescription drug costs, and or rail safety. Now to a DHS grant program that targets conservatives. One week ago Thursday, Fox News reported that a Department of Homeland Security grant program overseen by Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas had made 80 grants, totaling almost $40 million, to universities and other entities that, under the guise of preventing terrorism, lumped Republican, conservative, Christian, and Tea Party groups in the same category as Nazis. The report was based on documents uncovered by the Media Research Center, the MRC, through a Freedom of Information Act request. MRC outlined its findings in a report that argued that criminal prosecution is warranted. Said MRC founder and president Brent Bozell, quote, This terrorism task force is engaged in an active effort to demonize and eliminate Christian, conservative, and Republican organizations using federal tax dollars. What we've uncovered calls for criminal prosecution. The American people need to know those who are abusing their positions in the federal government will be held accountable for their criminal behavior, end quote. DHS's Targeted Violence and Terrorism Prevention Grant Program, that is TVTP, provides funds to non-government actors, quote, to establish or enhance capabilities to prevent targeted violence and extremism, end quote. What that appears to mean in practice is that DHS is using our taxpayer dollars to fund radical left-wing university professors and political activists who seem to believe and argue that conservatives and Christians and Tea Party groups deserve to be equated with neo-Nazi paramilitary organizations. On Friday, Congressman Andy Biggs of Arizona sent a letter co-signed by 15 other House Republicans to Secretary Mayorkas, strongly urging Mayorkas and DHS to stop their pursuit of political opponents. Stay tuned.
More on the Biden crime family saga. One week ago, Wednesday, IRS whistleblower Gary Shapley, a 14-year veteran of the agency, outed himself publicly, sitting for an interview with CBS News. Shapley, it turns out, is one of the IRS whistleblowers we've recently heard complaining about political influence over the course of an investigation of a high-profile, controversial individual reported to be Hunter Biden. Shapley told CBS he became so concerned about prosecutors' handling of his investigation that he felt duty-bound to sound alarms. Quote, there were multiple steps that were slow-walked, were just completely not done at the direction of the Department of Justice, Shapley said. When I took control of this particular investigation, I immediately saw deviations from the normal process. It was way outside the norm of what I'd experienced in the past, end quote. Two days later, Shapley testified to the House Ways and Means Committee for six hours about his allegations of a cover-up in the investigation of Hunter Biden. The IRS recently removed Shapley and 12 of his subordinates from the case. On another front, House Oversight and Accountability Committee Chairman James Comer came to an agreement with FBI Director Chris Wray. At issue is a document in the possession of the FBI called an FD-1023, which is a standard form used by the agency to document information from confidential human sources. In this case, Comer believes the FBI has an FD-1023 memorializing an allegation from a confidential human source that, as vice president, Joe Biden accepted a bribe in exchange for a policy action. Comer's committee subpoenaed the document weeks ago. For weeks, Ray refused even to acknowledge the existence of the document. Comer threatened and threatened. And finally, Ray concluded that allowing Comer to see the document would be better than being cited for contempt of Congress. So on Monday, that is today, Ray will bring the document to Congress. There, Comer and the committee's ranking minority member, Jamie Raskin of Maryland, will see the document and receive a briefing on what the FBI has done to follow up on the allegation contained therein. And the saga moves forward. Now to the debt ceiling. When last we spoke, Speaker Kevin McCarthy had pulled off what many on the left had thought impossible. He had navigated a significant debt ceiling increase with significant spending reforms through the House. That scrambled Democrats' plans. They had been counting on McCarthy not being able to do so, which would have left him with no negotiating strength. Instead, his success in moving the Limit, Save, Grow Act through the House gave him chips to sit at the table with President Biden. After more than three months of refusing to enter into negotiations, Biden was going to have to sit down and talk. And then, then we got a pile of junk called the Fiscal Responsibility Act. Let me tell you, the Fiscal Responsibility Act is no more fiscally responsible than the Inflation Reduction Act reduces inflation. What are the differences between the bill that originally passed the House and the bill that just became law? There are many. First up is the duration of the deal. The original bill raised the debt limit by $1.5 trillion or until March 31, 2024, meaning that we would have to have another discussion of reckless spending before the next presidential election. In fact, right in the middle of the primaries as voters are tuning in. 
The New Deal suspends the debt limit until January 1, 2025, well beyond the next presidential election. That means Joe Biden doesn't have to defend his reckless spending again before the election. That was a major concession by McCarthy. Second, you'll notice another fundamental difference. The original bill actually raised the debt ceiling, while the New Deal does not. It merely suspends the debt ceiling. That's worse than raising it. It's quite possible that on the date the suspension expires, on January 1, 2025, our nation's debt might stand at $35 trillion or more. So right at the outset, McCarthy made two major concessions to Biden. What did he get in exchange? Not much, near as I can tell. Let's do a quick comparison of the two bills. The original raised the debt ceiling $1.5 trillion. The New Deal suspends it, but will likely end up adding $4 trillion. The original cut annual spending by $131 billion in the FY 2024 budget. The New Deal does not. The original deal had strong work requirements for supplemental nutritional assistance programs, temporary aid for needy families, and Medicaid. The New Deal has minor work requirements for SNAP and TANF that create new exemptions and then phase out, and does nothing on Medicaid. The original included the entire text of H.R. 1, the Lower Energy Costs Act, including its permitting reform. The New Deal includes minor permitting reform that fast-tracks IRA subsidies, and includes a Joe Manchin priority. The original includes the full RAINS Act. The New Deal has no RAINS Act. The original fully overturns Biden's unconstitutional student loan debt bailout scam. The New Deal leaves it untouched. The original takes back about $70 billion of the $80 billion that was appropriated by the Inflation Reduction Act to pay for 87,000 new IRS employees. The New Deal cuts IRS funding by about a billion and a half dollars, which is about $68.5 billion less than the original cut it. The original reclaims about $50 billion in unobligated, unspent COVID funding. The New Deal reclaims about half that amount. In other words, the New Deal is far, far less than a halfway compromise between the bill that originally passed the House and where Biden was. The New Deal leans very, very heavily in the direction of Biden. When the New Deal was put on the floor of the House, it won votes from 149 Republicans and 165 Democrats. The 149 Republican votes represent just under two-thirds of the members of the House Republican Conference. 165 Democrat votes represent more than three-quarters of the House Democratic Caucus. When the bill got to the Senate side, 17 Republicans voted for it, while five Democrats voted against it. This was a lost opportunity, and I think the opportunity was lost because Speaker McCarthy's definition of victory is different from ours. He saw it as a victory the moment he got Biden to return his phone call about sitting down to begin negotiations. After all, Biden had spent months saying there would never be a negotiation over raising the debt ceiling. Biden insisted he would only sign a bill that raised the debt ceiling, period, with nothing else attached to it. So once Biden agreed to sit down for discussions, McCarthy had his victory. Simply getting Biden to the negotiating table was the victory for McCarthy. The rest of us, by contrast, were looking for actual policy victories from the negotiations.
McCarthy didn't act like he was negotiating from a position of strength. He acted like he was negotiating from a position of weakness. In conflict after conflict, he negotiated to a compromise that leaned toward Biden. McCarthy and his allies insist that this is but a starting point, and they insist that there will be more gains during the negotiating process over the annual appropriations bills. All I can say to that is, we'll see. And that's our Washington Report for this week.